O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him.
all on the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. The Old Testament lesson for this second Sunday after the Epiphany is written in the 33rd chapter of Exodus, beginning at the 12th verse. Moses said to the Lord, Behold, you tell me, bring up this people, and you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your way now, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. He said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses said to him, If your presence doesn't go with me, don't carry us up from here. For how would people know that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Isn't it that you go with us, so that we are separated, I and your people, from all the people who are on the surface of the earth? The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim the Lord's name before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. He said, You cannot see my face, for man may not see me and live. The Lord also said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. It will happen, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand, until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the twelfth chapter of Romans, beginning at the sixth verse. Brothers, having gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, if prophecy, let's prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or service, let's give ourselves to service, or he who teaches to his teaching, 
or he who exhorts to his exhorting. He who gives, let him do it with generosity. He who rules with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to that which is good. In love of the brothers, be tenderly affectionate to one another. In honor, preferring one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Enduring in troubles. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own conceits. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. O that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, O praise the Lord, all ye nations, and laud him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus also was invited with his disciples to the wedding. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with you and me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six water pots of stone set there after the Jews' way of purifying, containing two or three meters apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the ruler of the feast. So they took it. When the ruler of the feast tasted the water now become wine and didn't know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the ruler of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the guests have drunk freely, then that which is worse. You have kept the good wine until now. This chief of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our collect this morning, we pray to God to mercifully or graciously hear the supplications of your people. 
the supplication being the prayers or petitions which God's people bring before him. Now, in our reading this morning, notice who was praying in our text. It says, On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, here is our Lord with his disciples among his people Israel in Cana at a wedding. The wine is about to run dry far too early. And to understand why this is a problem, imagine being at a wedding reception and the food runs out before half the people are served. Think of what would happen. The party would end early. People would leave. People are supposed to be there to celebrate the marriage with the couple. But if there's no food, they'd be leaving early, hungry. They'd be grumbling at the couple in anger. And that's not a good way for the married couple to begin life together in their community in which they are being wedded. This, the wine running dry, this is a problem. They and the master of the feast, the couple and the master of the feast, are in trouble. And that's when the Blessed Mary steps in. She, it says in our text, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. When the wine runs dry and the hosts are beginning to panic, because really, how can you restock that much wine for that many people in such a short time? Amongst all that, here is Mary calmly coming to our Lord with this prayer, this simple supplication. They have no wine. That's a rather simple prayer, isn't it? Compare her prayer, her supplication, to that which we hear like in the Psalms. And in the Psalms, we hear prayers to our Lord to deliver us from the death that encompasses us or that asks our Lord to rain down his vengeance on our enemies. Or look in the Gospels. There are prayers from many people to Jesus for healing of paralysis or blindness or deafness. Those are all the kinds of prayers that we hear throughout Scripture. Now compare those to what we hear coming out of Mary's mouth. And you'll realize Mary's prayer compared to those is rather ordinary. She says, they have no wine. She might as well be saying, Jesus, please make sure they get more wine. To which our Lord replies, woman, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> now, which one of you, even you grown men out there, would dare go to your mother, to your mama, saying, woman, Listen here. <laughs> you wouldn't do that because even as a grown man, your mama might slap you silly. But you see, that's the thing. Jesus isn't speaking here to his mother as his mother. He's speaking to her as his Lord. Notice what he follows that up with. He says, my hour has not yet come. To make sense of this, it's as if he's saying to Mary, woman, I'll act on your supplication, but I'm not acting here as your little boy to fetch wine and run an errand. Instead, woman, watch what I'm about to do. I'm going to reveal myself in an epiphany as your God and as their God, so that when my hour does come, they will know who I am. Now, we might think that Jesus' response, the way he phrases it, would get Mary to start a long argument with Jesus, to wrestle with him about it, like Jacob wrestled with God in the Old Testament. But that doesn't happen. She doesn't do that. Instead, when she hears our Lord, 
she simply turns to the servants of the feast and says, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> Just do whatever he tells you. Now notice, notice here what the mother of our Lord does. She prays to our Lord. She hears and receives his word. Then she simply tells the servants, he'll say it, you do it. And as we notice what she does do, also notice what the mother of our Lord does not do here. She doesn't argue with our Lord. She doesn't tell the servants what to expect, all of what's going to happen. She doesn't say, okay, here's what's going to happen, servants. First this will happen, and then this, and then finally this. No. The servants are told nothing about what to expect. They are told nothing about what's going to happen in just a bit. And these servants, they're probably anxious. They're worried how all this will play out. Because they're there to they're there to help those who are responsible in getting wine to people. They're there to help them. There's no wine. They can't help them. They're nervous. And in their anxiety, they're told nothing of what will happen. They're simply told by Mary just do what he says. The servants have no idea what's coming. Then Jesus, not as a son running an errand for his mama, but as the God of Israel, mercifully hears their supplications and he acts. Our text says, Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine. And we'll stop there for a bit. Because there are two amazing things happening here. One that's obvious, the other that's subtle. The first amazing thing is, of course, the water becoming wine. And notice how it happens. That's the amazing thing. You have to notice how it happens. Our Lord, as we heard about last week, had the Spirit of God rest upon him. So here, with the Spirit, he calls for water. Six, for, six, for six stone jars to be filled to the brim with water. Then, with the Spirit and the water, our Lord speaks his word. Notice what our Lord does. He brings together the water, the Spirit, and the Word, and with that creates wine. Do you see who our Lord shows himself to be? You have to go back to Genesis in the beginning. God, with the Spirit hovering over the face of the waters, spoke. He spoke the Word. Through the Word, he created with the Spirit and the waters. That's how everything was created. And now here in the flesh, from the beginning of time, you have to come back all the way to Cana, and you see here in the flesh that Jesus reveals himself to be the all-powerful, all-creating God who creates with the Spirit, water, and the Word. It's not some cheap parlor trick. What happened at the beginning in creation is what our Lord did again here to create wine. And notice in the collect, we prayed, Almighty and everlasting God. And maybe we should say it another way so it hits the ear a little differently. You could pray, O omnipotent eternal God. It's not some nice casual title. 
It's recognizing that the Lord who created all things just created, here in this text, about 180 gallons of water at an obscure wedding in Cana. He shows himself there at that wedding to be the God who governs and restrains all earthly things. All creation is his. That's who Jesus is. But that's not all. The second amazing thing, again, it's more subtle, but perhaps it's more amazing as well. The gospel continues where we left off, that after tasting the wine, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. And to see this amazing thing, the second amazing thing here, you have to look at and consider not just the mother of our Lord, like we did with the first thing, but you also have to hear, consider the servants. The servants already have a master. It's the master of the feast. That's who they answer to. Now ask yourself, why would these servants, who already have a master, suddenly listen to some woman they didn't know who was just a guest? And even more than that, why would they suddenly listen to this woman's son, who at her whim tells them what to do? He's also just a guest. He's less than a guest. He's perhaps the guest of this woman who's a guest. Consider this at your jobs. If you stopped listening to your boss at work and started taking orders from some strange customer, you'd get fired you got to follow the chain of command. So what are these servants doing listening to wedding guests, to this wedding guest? And the answer is, it's because something greater has come. The old master of the feast, the old master of ceremonies, the old master of the feast, the old ways, the old covenant is being surpassed. Even better, it's being fulfilled. The old master of the feast demanded more wine. The law likewise demands perfect holiness. But the master of the feast had no way of getting those servants new wine. The law likewise gives no ability for you to give the perfect holiness which it demands from you for eternal life. The law works kind of like the master of the feast does. The law will first tell you all its promises for eternal life. It will give you all the good stuff first. It'll dangle the carrot in front of you. And it will tell you all the things you do to get that carrot, to get all those wonderful things. But then as you listen to the law tell you what you must do, you realize you can't do it. You can't achieve eternal life. You can't get the dangling carrot. Yes, the law gives all the good stuff first, but then what remains afterwards is rather bitter. You can't do it. Drunk on the good stuff as you may be, you can't deliver what the law demands. You can't give wine out of nothing. With the creation, with the law, the Lord shows his almighty eternal power with his word, which created and which made the foundations of Mount Sinai shake. Yet now, In this text, our Lord doesn't come as the old master of the feast. He doesn't come as the God 
who brings down terrible judgment and law, our Lord here comes humbly as a guest, as the new master of the feast who is to be heard and believed. And so, again, the second greater amazing thing here is this. Mary prayed to our Lord, and the servants prayed with her. Our Lord spoke to Mary, and the servants heard his word. And like Mary, when they heard his word, they believed. That's the incredible thing here. They heard Mary say, do whatever he tells you, and they believed it. And we know they believed it because they filled up the jars when Christ told them to. They did it in great faith because of the word. Even more amazing, they brought what was created anew to the old master of the feast who was under the law, and they gave him a creation which was new, which was better, which fulfilled the old. It fulfilled the demand of the old master of the feast. Our Lord's word did not just create wine. It created faith in the hearts of these servants. They came in, servants under the law, and they left, servants of the gospel. You must see it here. Our Lord reveals himself not just as the God who governs and restrains earthly things like the wine. No, instead, more than that, he shows himself at the same time to be the God who governs and restrains also heavenly things. He gives a new heart. He is God Almighty, of infinite eternal power. And he is our Lord in the flesh, using that power in great mercy to answer our prayers and supplications. This is how the Lord uses his power. The great almighty God, this is how he uses his power, in great mercy, grace, and love. And so John ends our reading saying, This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is what our Lord manifested, what our Lord showed, revealed, that he is God in the flesh, that he is the God of great power and mercy together. And at the cross is where his great power and mercy meet. Because at the cross is where we gather as the new Israel. It's where his mercy is shown, where he hears the prayers and supplications of his people who are surrounded by sin and death and enemies. And in the flesh, he answers those supplications in mercy and grace, taking our sins for us and receiving the punishment of the Father's wrath for the sins of the entire world. And the cross is also where his power is shown. Where dying, he crushes the serpent's head and takes back us and all creation under himself. Where he defeats death by going into the ground and rising again. Where raised in glory and power, death's sting is gone. The devil is defeated. Creation will be made anew. We are made anew in him. So that now saved in baptism, being his servants by his salvation, you now hear the words of Mary. Do whatever he tells you. And this is what we understand Mary as in this text. She is a figure who represents the church. Now saved, the church prays on your behalf. The church prays for you as you pray. And then the church tells you, as you set out to live as a servant of Christ, do whatever he tells you. Listen to his word, like the servants listened to in 
Jesus spoke to Mary, listen to Christ's words, and then do whatever he tells you. And so the question has to be, what does our Lord tell us? What does he tell his baptized to do? Well, this is what he tells us to do, to repent and believe. To be forgiven by God as you also forgive the trespasses of others against you. That is, be eager to be forgiven by God and be eager to forgive your brothers in Christ. Don't forgive others in doubt, but forgive in eagerness. Then also to take, eat, and take drink, not of water turned into wine, as great as that wine was, but of bread and wine which are his body and blood at his word. That is what our Lord tells us to do. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, 
that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, 
and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.